podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence and is not recommended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Seriously. If you like our podcast, follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show for show updates. And please rate and review our show on iTunes. If you've been in a cult and you want to tell us about it, email us at cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And most importantly, enjoy the show. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require monetary or physical sacrifices as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organization in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. I'm Marie Bella. And it is my week. Oh, and Mondo's here on sound. But it's also we my week. You introduced me, and it's it's been recent, the last two I weeks. know, because my dad called and was like, why don't you ever introduce Mondo? And I was just like, no introduction Fuck. necessary. Yeah, it's fine. Anyway, so. You guys have been doing it for a while. Mondo's on the sound, and it's my week. Yes. Are we ready for something not as depressing as last week. I'm still recovering, oh so. Good lord. I haven't left the house at all. And it's not even my house. It's Marie's house. <laughs> well, we are married, so. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Your of course, actual, darling. Your actual husband is going to murder me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So for today's cult, our sources are the LA Times, New It Magazine, eBay, what? Yay! eBay communities. Did you buy information off of eBay? I did not buy anything, and I'll get into why in just a little bit. I'm uh, Cult Education Institute and the Cult's own website, which oh. is always great. Fun I love times. those. Uh, because today we're talking about the Alamo Christian Foundation or Tony Alamo Christian Ministries. Are y'all ready for this? I am. Loving the use of y'all, and I am definitely ready for this. So Tony Alamo was born Bernie Lazer Hoffman. What? That's his real name? <laughs> L-A-Z-A-R. Hoffman. Lazar. Bernie Lazar Hoffman. September 20th, 1934. Why would you not just go by Laser? I would go by Laser. I don't know about y'all. The fucking Alamo? I know. I am pissed. Right. Well, I think it was the 30s and people didn't think of how cool names could be. Like, people name their kids now as if they expect them to become hackers. I know, (laughs) like, for real, though. For real. Um, So, Tony actually worked in Hollywood for a while as a pop singer under the name, uh, two names. He worked under Mark Hoffman and then Marcus Abad. Again, missed opportunity with laser and being a pop star. He could have been laser. So here's the thing. At first, when I first found that, I thought that was bullshit. I was like, I looked, I tried to look up those names. I couldn't find any, any record of any singing. So you couldn't find any record of any records. No, no records of records (laughs) until I went to the Colts website. Now, I cannot verify that anything that I'm about to tell you is true. (laughs) 
that's the best way to start a podcast. All I can verify <laughs> is that this is what their website says. And so I will tell you that now. It's their truth. So on the Tony Alamo Ministries website, which is a barrel of laughs if you get a chance, on the right-hand side, very, very bottom, their menu's crazy. They have, like, two side menus of bonkersness. At the very, very bottom, there's one that just says, Tony's Forgotten Beatles Tape. Oh. What? Oh, it's about to get real up in here. So I am a huge Beatles nerd. I know Marie hates them. I don't hate them. But I am a Beatles nerd. I just don't really like them that much. Yeah, we know Marie's a terrible piece of shit. <laughs> hey, I hey. am what I am. Hey, don't be mean to your wife like that. Yeah. <laughs> Murder me. <laughs> so I clicked on it because I was like, I gotta fucking know this. So on that page is a scanned copy of an affidavit. I'd like to read it for you now. I'd love for you to read it to me. <laughs> I would like to read you the other things on this menu. World News, uh, Pastors Tony and Susan Alamo, Photos and Video Gallery, Stream Music, Gospel Music, TV Programs, Celebrity Designs. We'll get to that in a bit. Music and Tony Alamo's unreleased Beatles album. Oh, my God. So here is an affidavit from a man named David Rolnick who claims, I mean, possibly, (laughs) I... Was not able to do enough research to prove this. Uh, David Rolnick, who is Pete Best's manager. So if you don't know who Pete Best is, that's totally understandable. You're like, there wasn't a Pete in the Beatles. There wasn't in America, if that makes sense. So Pete Best was with the band from 1960 to 1962, back when they were still called the Quarrymen and played at the Cavern Club and played through their tour in Hamburg, Germany. So... In 1962, before the Beatles came to America, he's usually referred to as the fifth Beatle, um, but in 1962, the Beatles manager, Brian Epstein, fired him from the band, replacing him with Ringo Starr, thus making the Beatles we know today. So he was not the best. Well, not necessarily. He did have a little bit of success on his own. Here's what the affidavit says. County of Los Angeles, State of California, September 23rd, 1991. To whom it may concern, I, David Lawrence Rolnick, do solemnly swear that the following statement is true. In the years between 1964 and 1965, I spoke to Mr. Tony Alamo from my offices in New York City. I told Mr. Alamo that I was involved in the career of Pete Best of the Beatles. Also, I told Tony that Pete Best signed an exclusive recording contract with my record firm, Savage Records. It basically goes on to say, and it is signed. There's a couple of them. There's some photos as well. Essentially, at a certain point, apparently Tony Alamo was helping to produce records for Pete Best. So here's what's interesting. There are unreleased tracks. They are all listed here. You can listen to them. Most of them are 30-second clips. I'll play one for you right now because you will probably recognize the song.
Yeah. Oh, mama, won't you shake that thing? Exactly. Oh, hey, ho. Yeah, 100%. That is that song. So I don't know why that clip of the song is there. Uh There's no explanation. It just says unreleased Beatles tracks. You'll notice in that affidavit, it mentioned 64 to 65, at which point Pete Best was already out of the Beatles. So I don't know that you could really call it a Beatles tape. But as we'll find out, Tony Alamo likes to embellish things. So I guess what we're doubling back to is that he really wasn't the Pete Best. Well, Pete Best barely enters into this, Thank really. You for bringing that home again. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. You said he had mild success? He and... did as, like, later on in life. So he, after yeah. being kicked out of the Beatles, he played with a couple other bands. Um, not any huge success. And then in the 80s, he actually formed his own band mm-hmm. and had a fairly successful tour around Europe. Yeah. Ain't no you, Beatle, but, you know. If you look up the definition of best, it actually says, quote, fairly successful. <laughs> <laughs> He's not the one we're studying. End quote. Anyway, so Tony Alamo is only one half of this cult. So the other half is Susan Alamo. Susan Alamo was born Edith Opal Horn. That's a terrible name. It's a terrible name. I understand changing that name. Yeah, Yeah. me too. April 25th, 1925. Hold on, wait. You could change your name to fucking anything and you were like, Susan's good. Susan's pretty good. Well, Susan and Tony Alamo together sounds pretty pretty they sound like a country duo Go by they like, also kind of look like a country duo Susie, even that was susan this well, song. when oh, she whatever. finally eventually changed her name we'll get to it so she was born in 1925 she didn't change her name until like 1966 so she was already in her late 30s early 40s well i don't think that that's because you can't be born and be named susan can you picture a baby named susan I'm pretty sure there were a lot of babies named but Susan. But I can't, I can't, but it's just like, there's certain names that I can't picture on babies, just like there's certain names I can't picture on, like, old men. I mean, we went to college with a girl named Edith. This is I don't my, remember her. This is my baby, Gertrude. Yeah, just certain names just and don't have you fit met, babies. Have you met my grandfather? Trevor. But can you picture, like, a, na- a 92-year-old man named, like, Bryce? I mean, we're going to have to eventually. Every person named Bryce will die before (laughs) seven. This is what I mean, right? Like, isn't that... It just In some sort of Mountain Dew accident. Yeah, oh no. (laughs) The names I'm thinking of really are Mountain Dew. Like, Cody. Like, that's... Like, they are Mountain Dew names. But these are names I can't picture. I mean, it's it's a different time. That's when my grandpa said his last few words, which were (laughs) fucking wicked, bro. I do believe that there are some parents in like Park Slope, Brooklyn or something naming their kid Gertrude. Um, but but yeah, it'll be weird when all the like Bryce's and Kaylin's grow old. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So Susan, regardless, her name is Susan. Uh, she was born in 1925 in Alma, Arkansas. Uh, For those of you keeping up with the spreadsheet, uh, this means she's nine years older than her husband, Tony, and 33 years older than Star of Law and Order, SVU, (laughs) Ice-T. I love this spreadsheet. (laughs) I don't want it to ever stop. One of these days, someone's going to send us one. It'll be great. I know. I can't wait. Uh, so when she met Tony, she had actually already been married twice, and she already had a daughter. Uh, they met because she had come to Hollywood to become an actress. Um didn't quite work out so she had become an evangelist in the interim that's theatrical it's theatrical i get it 
Um, I'd also like to note that this is right around the same time that Father Yod was judo chopping <laughs> his way into auditioning yes. for Tarzan. Judo chopping his the way into our hearts. <laughs> Maybe they knew each other. I don't know. Oh you know God. what's great is both of them saw would see each other in an audition and go, wow, that guy's fucking weird. Yeah, what a fucking weird. <laughs> and the other one would go, wow, that guy's fucking weird. Hiya! Hiya! Yeah. <laughs> So Susan was already preaching before she met Tony, uh, and they quickly fell in love. There's only one problem. They were both married to other people. Uh, So they quickly divorced their spouses and married each other in 1966 in Las Vegas. I tried so hard to find photos of this wedding. A 1966 Las Vegas wedding is my dream wedding aesthetic. Mm. I was like, I know it's a cult leader, but I need to see what her hair looks like. Yeah, that's true. I was all over it. (laughs) Couldn't find any photos. I was real bummed. Um, so at this time, they changed their names to Tony and Susan Alamo right when they got married. Um, I think we talked about this before, where when you change your name, you're changing your whole name. You're not just right. changing part of it. So why not change it to something fun like Tony and Susan Alamo? Uh, at this point in 1969, they founded the Alamo Christian Foundation in Hollywood, California. Uh, they had like a set plan for converting followers and it didn't really make people like them too much. Um... They would send their young followers out to work with people on the streets, like the homeless, which is great. Good for them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Um, Oh, of course. You know how I feel about helping the homeless. Of course. Donate to my Patreon. (laughs) Not homeless anymore. That's cool. Uh, But they'd send their younger followers out to work with people on the streets. They'd invite those street people to come to their services because a meal was included. They'd offer to transport them there. So they're kind of taking out the middleman get him in the vans only to reveal that their services were more than an hour away in Agua Dulce. Um, But they did include meals. So if you're unfamiliar with California, Agua Dulce is uh, northeast of a place called Santa Clarita. Essentially you drive to Santa Clarita and take like a hard left for another hour. Uh, That's kind of like saying that you it's almost like saying that your services are in paris but they're really in london like this is that's the kind of distance we're spanning essentially Jesus, pretty rough (laughs) um so this is something all of alamos churches did even all the way up till the end is include meals up until 2009 most of their services included meals um that's a pretty solid idea i feel like yeah totally more if churches if you're listening to this probably not but if you are if you have the means feed people why not the Jesus church did it the church around the corner had an in and out truck not that long ago <laughs> they also had a step and repeat which i find troublesome Wait, what's a step and repeat you know the banners you stand in front of and then they take your photo like for events and it'll say like all the sponsors on the back of the banner what yeah like for like a red carpet yeah event? for like a red carpet event. oh yeah. okay gotcha um i'm pretty sure you had to pay for that in and out no oh really it was no, free 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 in and out yo time to start coming to church out here i'm i didn't <laughs> This is secondhand information, but that's what that's what one of the parishioners told me. Oh, all right. And as we all know, secondhand information is more deadly than firsthand. Information. <laughs> <laughs> Almost ten times more deadly. Um, never inhale, never exhale information into a baby's face. <laughs> 
So since they were an hour away from Los Angeles uh, and there was food, a lot of people would just kind of stay and work. <laughs> why not? Um, so in a way, like it's not the it did turn some people's lives around because now they had a job and food and a place to stay. We will come across cults here and there so far too but in the future definitely where they there there are positives yeah where they accidentally do some good yeah yeah this is one of them yeah um i really liked if you guys listened to last podcast's uh jonestown episodes the first couple episodes where they went through a lot of the good stuff jonestown did were so interesting and so great and i feel like this is a little bit of what we see here where we see people that probably initially started out trying to do good a lot of times that is how they start. And, and initially, yeah. So uh, their church was Pentecostal. Surprise, surprise. Oh. Was this like the fourth one in a row? Yeah. Uh, it was often referred to as being part of the Jesus movement. That encapsulates things like um, People's Temple would have been around the same time, as well as... Um, Father Yoda, uh, the Source family, mm-hmm. around the same time. A lot of things that have like little snippets of Bible in it. Um, yeah. Yellow Deli was not far behind this. So a lot of stuff happening all at the same time. Uh, they only accept the King James version of the Bible. That's not that weird. I only accept the Rick James version of the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Ow. Oh God, are you okay? I'm trying so hard to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> A little peek behind the curtain, oh, or God. a peek behind Marie's oversized. Is this a sweater or blanket? It's a blanket. I'm cold. Are you okay? She, yes. She okay. just hit her knee on the desk that we use to hold the mics on. What twice? <laughs> oh my god! Like back to back. Oh my Jeez. god! Knee to knee. Knee to knee. To knee. Um. So the King James version of the Bible. If you're not familiar, it's almost like if Shakespeare wrote a Bible. <laughs> That's, that's the level of language right. you're dealing with, essentially. Um, the members adhered to a strict moral code, which uh, condemned the use of drugs, as well as homosexuality, adultery, and abortion. Individuals who sought to join the church uh, took a vow of poverty, surprise, surprise, and agreed to turn over all their property to the church. In return, their own, own needs would be met, and their children would receive basic education through high school. Allegedly. So you're telling me what I got to do to join this cult is not be a rich, gay, homosexual who does a bunch of drugs. Right. That's correct. You especially can't be a gay homosexual. (laughs) That's the worst kind of homosexual. I'm kidding. Look, you guys are doing some good stuff, but I'm going to, I got to say, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm going to respectfully decline. (laughs) So. uh, If you need me, I will be. Being a gay homosexual. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll be off over here with all my possessions and my <laughs> and my homosexual relationships. Um, so in the mid seventies, the church relocated to Dyer, Arkansas, where kind of close to where Susan had grown up. Dyer, and, huh? Yeah, yeah Dyer. That's that it. <laughs> that describes how lame it was there. Yeah, the conditions were dire. Yeah. <laughs> Um, this is where the church really started to grow, uh, and it saw some of its most successful years. They founded a drug rehab facility, a recording studio where they used to record records and recordings of sermons that they would distribute. 
um, as well as music, because Tony could sing. And um, they also had a podcast. <laughs> yeah, amazingly, in the seventies. Yeah. Well, kind of. Uh, they had a printing and a broadcasting company. So the printing company printed tracts, and the broadcasting company helped them launch their national television show. What? Yeah. So they had like they were televangelists. They became famous for it, uh, often with Susan taking the helm. I've actually got a clip of one of their episodes right here. I'm excited. You should be. We're the Tony and Susan Alamo Christian Foundation. We'll be here for one half hour. We send out a cordial invitation to you to spend this next half hour with us. We're born again, Bible-believing Christians. We believe that Jesus Christ is really and truly the Son of the living God, that he died on the cross, shed his blood for our sins, cat i fucking love pussy i was waiting i'm like sitting here i'm looking at i'm like are you gonna finish it i I thought of it and then i went no i'm not gonna do it and then i looked over here (laughs) it's like i gotta give them what they want oh okay so obviously uh, having a broadcasting studio and a recording studio and a printing press and everything costs money. So in order to fund this, Tony Alamo began designing his now famous Tony Alamo jackets. Yay! What? Yeah. Yeah. Remember when I said he liked to embellish things? That's why I looked yeah. at you like, <laughs> I know what you're saying. But I didn't want to give it away. I don't know what you're saying. Like, so here's the thing about these jackets. <laughs> They're covered in rhinestones. Oh fuck. Like covered in rhinestones. So when you meant when you said embellish, you meant embedazzled? I meant like he was well, he wasn't bedazzling the fuck out of the jackets. We'll get to that in a second. So initially Susan. <laughs> it was not Susan. Uh, uh, so initially Alamo claimed that the jackets were m- a means for supporting the ministry. Uh According to reports from former members, he was using the church as free labor and pocketed most of the cash from the sales of the jackets. And what a shiny pocket it was. <laughs> so shiny. How much shiny. did they sell them for? Oh, I'll get to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. So, 
Um, he even started using children as laborers because, quote, their hands are the perfect size. They are, though. Oh, oh, God. Yeah, yeah for I mean, attaching, that's terrible. <laughs> for attaching hundreds of tiny rhinestones to his heavily embellished jackets. So according to former members, the children in the congregation were required to work until 10 p.m. after they were released from school, which is horrible and a horrible traumatic thing to have happen to you that no one will believe later, which is the worst. Right. Because imagine if someone came to you and they were like, I had a really rough childhood. We were in a cult. They made us like bedazzle jackets for just hours on end. You'd just be like, what cult was this? Like, I'm sorry. Were you in some sort of drag race concentration camp? Like what happened? Dude, I am not trying to jump ahead, but I just Googled the jackets. Oh yeah. You should take a look They're works of art. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like the most, it's like the tackiest, most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I will tell you. So somebody, multiple listeners have sent me this cult, like via the, you know, email or through Facebook. And one of them was like, oh, you've got to do Tony Alamo. I was like, yeah, people have asked me about it. And then she was like, no, no, no. I'm sending you a packet of photos. And she just sent me a bunch of eBay ads for the jackets. Dude. Heaven. Oh my God. I was like, girl, I you want are... one. Well, according to the internet, it says that Michael Jackson wore one at sh- some point. That's Never next mind. in the notes. Sorry. Um, I'll start looking. I'll stop looking. You heathen. Hey! So we'll talk about the jackets a little more when we get kind of towards the end. Um, but they've gained an iconic cult following. Um, <laughs> At- <laughs> see what you fucking did there yeah you piece of shit. cult following <laughs> so at the time they actually cost thousands of dollars to get an original Al- alamo jacket yeah four thousand dollars um now they cost anywhere from about 250 to 900 is about what i was finding on ebay for vintage jackets i'd pay 250 um i, I mean i wouldn't because of the child labor but like oh, i yeah. want to have one here's the thing though <laughs> It already happened. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> I'll I'll get to it later because I do kidding. have a whole section on I'm on kidding. them on eBay. Okay, I'm and we kidding. also take um, donations. Oh god! In the form of two hundred and fifty dollars jackets. Jackets. So, I wear a size double XL. Please and thank you. So a big thing. <laughs> oh, I forget. People weren't that fat back then. Yeah, that's the other thing. I couldn't find any in my size. God damn. Um, so here's the thing. Now they've become like a coveted vintage item, which is why they're still worth a couple hundred bucks each. Um, and they've been worn by the following people. Miley Cyrus. Dolly, the yeah, I just saw her on there. Yeah, Dolly Parton, Don King, Elvis Presley, ASAP Rocky. What? what? That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Uh, Francis Bean Cobain. Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Yes. But the most famous jacket, the most famous one was actually when Tony Alamo was still alive and on the run from the law. And it is the jacket that Michael Jackson wore on the cover of the Bad Album. What? Is a Tony Alamo jacket. Get the fuck out of here. Pull that picture up. So that jacket was actually sold in the mid-90s at auction to pay for Michael's tax debts when he was under inspection, like when he was in court for potentially molesting children. 
So these jackets do not have a great track record. No, but I found one in a medium on eBay, and it's Beverly Hills. I There's a lot of Beverly Hills and Hollywood ooh, ones, and there's some ooh, Las Vegas ones. I can ones. wear a medium. <laughs> oh, my God. I was just saying that I found one that I could actually buy. And ooh, I, and it, ooh, I have money to buy a jacket. Okay, I'm not, I cannot buy a $650 jacket. I'm just saying if I wanted to. It's it's a pretty. It's there for me. It's an amazing looking jacket, but I feel like every time I would wear it, I would just feel the tiny hands. Okay, that reminds me of that. Okay, that song "Slow Hands" that came out. Yes. Okay, so I hate that song because I, just, I've always just pictured creepy little hands slowly like approaching me and trying to rub my arm, and it bothers me. Anyway, slow hands, tiny hands, Got it. children's hands. So I want this jacket. <laughs> Aside from the jackets, uh, they say... Motherfucking Mr. T? Yeah, of course Mr. T had one. So they seemed like your normal-ass televangelist for the next decade or so until 1982 when Susan suddenly died of breast cancer. So that is tragic, sort of. Yeah, Um, it is. Sorry, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll put away the jacket. No, yeah, no, I am. I am also deep into a jacket. There will be time at the end of this episode where we can delve into eBay. Okay, I pulled okay, some shit. okay. So Tony prophesied that she would rise from the dead. Of course she would, and because he really believed that, they embalmed her body and placed her on display for six months to await her second coming, and would hold prayer vigils around her embalmed corpse. The, we, this is like the third time in recent weeks that we someone's involved a corpse. Some just like yeah. weird resurrection. Let's just keep her body around and see what happens. Type thing. Yeah. So they eventually entombed her in a heart shaped marble mausoleum on the church grounds. Dope. Yeah, I know. I was like, was it pink? Because if it is, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. So the same year Susan passed away, the church rebranded to be the Music Square Church. And their foundation was discontinued. Uh, they received tax exemption for the Music Square Church. However, it was revoked in 1996. The IRS included the following comments in conjunction with the revocation. Um, Music Square Church was so closely operated and controlled by and for the benefit of Tony Alamo that it enjoyed no substantive independent existence they believed it was formed and operated by tony alamo for the principal purpose of willfully attempting to defeat or evade federal income tax and failed to operate for exclusively charitable purposes um tony sued and lost in both 1996 1999 if you've seen the last week with john oliver episode on televangelism you know how hard it is to get that tax exemption revoked. Like, you have to be woefully, like, flaunting that you're not paying taxes. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. So, in the midst of this, on September 3rd, 1989, the Los Angeles Times published this short article by Hector Tobar. Uh, It's titled, Fugitive Cult Leader Alamo Sells Chic Jackets on the Run. Yeah. Yeah, he does. FBI agents might be hot on his trail, but fundamentalist cult leader Tony Alamo is still selling $600 designer jackets to Melrose Avenue boutiques and to upscale clothing stores nationwide. (laughs) So Melrose Avenue is not far from where we are now. If you want to find the perfect outfit 
for stomping all over Coachella as a rich white bitch, that's where you would go. Fuck Coachella. I'll say it every time it gets brought up. I fuck know. Coachella. Here's the thing. Fuck Coachella, but I do love Melrose. <clears throat> I, I, I yeah. get it. I, I used to live right north of it. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Um, Armando hates Coachella because he grew up near there and now. I grew up in the goddamn city. They've wrecked it now. Fuck anyway. That's also so, a shithole city, so fucking D.O. too. Okay, thanks, Donald Trump. Okay, so <laughs> Alamo, 54, has evaded arrest on felony child abuse charges since October. Authorities say he directed the beating of an 11-year-old boy struck with a three-foot wooden paddle more than 140 times at the Saugus Commune of the Holy Alamo Christian Church. Now, here's the thing. First of all, never put holy in front of your own damn name. God hates that. Secondly, an 11-year-old boy. Like, I have heard of spanking, but that is insane. Yeah, it's nuts. It's ridiculous. But his flight from justice apparently hasn't prevented Alamo from continuing to make a small fortune on his designer denim jackets. A business former cult members say he operates with some of his 500 church followers doubling as employees. To push his jackets in the competitive clothing market, Alamo has has maintained an increasingly public life despite the federal manhunt. FBI agents say he's been spotted selling his jackets in Las Vegas stores. And I can see that. Yeah, I can see that, definitely. And he has even paid a quick visit to Los Angeles City Hall to have his picture taken with Mayor Tom Bradley. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, no wonder that they were like, yeah, you can't have that tax exemption, man. Like, I don't know why you decided jackets were now your thing, but they are. So, beginning in 1991, Tony was arrested for the first of what would be multiple times, uh, the first time was for tax evasion. He owed nearly $7.9 million in back taxes between his church and his rhinestone jacket empire. <laughs> now, this is 1980s math, which is our favorite kind of math. Yeah. Times it by three. So that's roughly... 21 million. I mean, it's 7.9. So it's probably oh, closer 24 to 24 million. million. Yeah, $24 million. See that math there? Yeah. So the IRS seized the church's Arkansas compound where they found Susan's crypt smashed open and her body and coffin missing. Where were they? I was never able to find out. Okay. I to this day she have no idea where she was. She, she busted out of yeah. there and she's he like, clearly, You motherfuckers left. You needed to wait like ten more years or right. whatever. He clearly stole her body. I don't know where it is though. No clue. The children haven't said anything. I don't know. Um, During his prison stint in 1991, his followers dwindled down to about 100 people and formed a new compound, also in Arkansas. After Susan's death, churchgoers claimed that he became more extreme and unhinged. Oh, You don't say. By the 90s, he was conducting secret, quote-unquote, marriages for girls as young as 15. Uh, I was going to say, well, who among us hasn't? And then you said that second sentence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He was quoted by the Associated Press in 1994 as saying, consent is puberty. Which, first of all, Uh, fucking no, it's not. uh, No, it's not. You don't get to decide when someone else's consent is. That's, That's literally the concept of consent negates that. That's not how that works. Yeah. I don't know about y'all. Uh, I had my period at 11. So no thank you. Yeah, I don't know I about I'm... y'all, but I'm still waiting on mine. <laughs> <laughs> I 
How do you explain them titties? <laughs> okay. All right. This has been real fun. That's, that's so mean. You guys are married. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I'm my also life... kidding. He does not have man boobs. That's Actually, I don't meaner. know. Maybe you do. I don't know. I can't tell. You have a big sweater on. but are big Vanna sweaters. <laughs> you don't appear to. Okay. That's okay. nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So by the late 90s... This is uh, the nicest thing she's ever said to me. I can't tell if you have man boobs. You obviously do not have man boobs. This is just payback for saying my neck was thick that one time. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also not true. I don't know. (laughs) Nope. We're posting a picture of it. (laughs) (coughs) Just my neck. We're going to get so many more fans for quote unquote no reason. Oh, God. Ugh. So by the late 90s, uh, 1997-ish to be exact, uh, these marriages then included girls as young as eight years old. Oh my fucking God. Yeah, this is making me reconsider my jacket. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, within the compound, Alamo or Alamo, that was, I kept seeing pronunciation guides and I'm like, it's spelled Alamo. Anyway. Also, the fact that they didn't call their compound the Alamo Alamo. Oh, I'll get to that in a second. Oh, oh my God. But also, don't worry about saying his name correctly because this fucker is marrying eight-year-olds off. So you can call him whatever you want. Yeah. Word. Anyway, so tell me more about Dickface. Hey, okay. Yes. Hold on just a second. Also, it's, I was looking up pictures of him. And when he's young, you're right. He does look like John C. Riley. He does look like John C. Riley. But in old age, he looks like Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Well, he's like, <clears throat> like <laughs> if John C. Riley tried to play Jim Jones. Yeah. That that's what this would be. Uh, within the compound, he had complete control, and he would decide who could get married, as well as who would get fed or clothed. So. You know, basic human life. rights. Yeah, and thankfully at this point it dwindled down to 100 people, but still that's like 100 too many people. <laughs> so in 2008 he was arrested, and then in 2009 he was convicted of sexual abuse and trafficking minors and sentenced to 100 and t- 175 years in prison. He died May 4th, 2017 at the age of t- 82 in a prison hospital. Good. Yeah, no, I, I was... You know, not too bummed about that. Uh, their website is bonkers. Um, so it has, he was continuing to publish sermons all the way up to 2009. I thought like, you were going to say until after, uh, after death. I did too. I was like, oh, like no. Tupac? Um, literally, like, until they <laughs> shut the jail doors. Like, the first quote on one of them was like, Jesus never had a lawyer. And I was like... Mm, bro. Oh, I'm so fucking glad he bro. believed that. <laughs> bro. No. Cause I'm I mean if I okay, if I'm prosecution on this case and he goes, Jesus never had a lawyer, I go, No, you, you know what, dude? You're totally right. And you So let's just, get the cross. Yeah, like, keep, <laughs> keep believing that. No, fucking yeah. No one should defend themselves. Yeah. Somebody once told me, even if you are a lawyer. Do not defend yourself because they will fuck you. Yeah, no, don't. And and you should also, like, are there very rare occasions. You should usually not speak at your own defense. Never testify. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Unless you're in a church and they go, testify! Yeah, I mean, maybe at this church, but at this church, I feel like when they did that, people would just be like, he hurt me! <laughs> it would just yeah. be horrifying and terrible. <gasps> so, testify! Here's a little snippet of like one of the, the last sermons they published. Uh, they believe that the Antichrist is on Earth, alive, and that it is full-blown the Pope. <laughs> Okay. I thought you were going to say that they didn't know who it was. And that'd be so much more so fun. So here's what's terrible. Here's here's how I kind of painted these people into a corner. Because I pulled up this website and the first thing it says is like, The Antichrist is here! And I was just like, oh, 2009, 10 bucks says it's Obama. <laughs> like, oh, do I tell. bet money. And so I clicked on it and they were like, it's full-blown's the Pope. And I was just like, oh, shit. Well, Please. all right. Twist. Yeah, I will say that we showed we showed a clip earlier, and the guy leading the choir was a black guy. Yeah, I did find a lot of I didn't really find any racist stuff on this one, which is unusual for cults of this time. Yeah, look, everybody, we accept you for who you are, unless you're one of them fucking gay homosexuals. I mean, that's that was literally their thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing to consider too, and a couple people compared them to the Manson family. In that they would kind of actively actively go out of myth, like out of their way to get misfits, homeless, runaways, mm-hmm. because then all they had was the church, and so they would yeah. stay and give all their money and time and energy to it. He, as you said, I think it was 10, 10 or eleven cases of uh, like sexual abuse against minors. Multiple cases. Multiple. Yeah, okay. way probably way more than 10 because okay. he got ahead 175 years. Are any of them with boys? That was something I couldn't find out, but I do have something to look at after. Okay. Not I want I was about to say okay, cool. It is not cool. No, no, no. It's not it's, No, but I, yeah. I was wondering if he's one of those people that's like I don't like the gays and then is just you mean like Jim Jones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Not that I could find. Okay. Although, that's a lot of rhinestones. <laughs> Just saying. Like, that. I mean, rhinestones are not a determiner of someone's sexual orientation. However. No. I don't know any straight man that could make that jacket. Dude, Liberace <laughs> is straighter than those jackets. <laughs> like, come on. Like, Queen, no. So you're saying that I can't wear one of those? Oh, you can wear one. You can. Wear, I will be more of a friend to you if you wear one, mm-hmm. given sure. my track record. What was, what was it? Non-binary rhinestone oh, an, uh, machine? No, a non-binary sequin machine. <laughs> yeah. So, here's the thing. Not only do they believe that the Pope is the Antichrist, they huh. believe that the Roman Catholic Church is a cult. Here's the thing about his scriptures. And it, this was something that I noticed when we went over Yellow Deli. There especially Bible-based cults like this, a lot of the way that they get people is by starting with something familiar and then putting people in a place where they recognize pieces of something and then buy into the rest of it because they assume it must be correct because it's linked to other stuff. Okay. So growing up in the church, my parents were hardcore about listening to all of what people said. Right. And like more than once, like for a while we were trying out new churches cause we were like changing churches and they would full blown walk out of sermons, just be like, no, thank you. And these were churches that were not cults. Like, yeah. but you know, listen to what people are saying. So Tony Alamo's 
strategy, if you want to call it that, is just rapid fire scripture. Like in these, like in these sermons, every sentence has a verse in it. And the only problem with that is that all of the verses are taken out of context every single one so he's mixing old testament and new testament he's mixing like you know prophets with new testament after jesus has come and it's one of those things where anytime you're looking at scripture you have to look at the context of like who was this written to initially because most of them are letters so he's picking and choosing pieces of letters to different people and making them all form his same points Okay. So what so, you're saying is he's making the worst mashup in history. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, and, and he basically is taking, he'll take sections of verses and be like, and the Lord said, lest ye wear a hat. And like, that's it. Like, that's the whole, like, three words of a verse that is three sentences long. You know, it's, it's a lot of that where to the untrained eye, someone's like, man, he knows a lot of scripture. He's hitting hard. But then when you really look at it, you're like, no, this dude just has a search engine. <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. Um, he heavily believes in UFOs. Always a good Ooh. sign. Like a lot, which is unusual when you get real Jesus-y. Heavily believes in US UFOs. He thinks they're a sign of the end times. Uh, but he also thinks that they have visited us, visited us in the past, ancient alien style. So at this point, we should probably get into eBay. Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. So I went on an eBay deep dive for these jackets. There are plenty of them available on eBay, including your Beverly Hills one that you like. Yes. So there's also, I don't know if you guys know this, there's an eBay community function where people can actually comment on listings. Okay. So here's one that is a comment on one of these jackets. It's it's titled Tony Alamo Clothing. I'll leave the username out of it so they can be anonymous. I have attempted to email or chat with customer service to no avail regarding this, hoping someone here can help. Tony Alamo was a convicted cult leader and had his cult members create clothing, mainly rhinestone jackets that are listed for sale on eBay. My husband was an abused, brainwashed, beaten child forced into slave labor within the confines of the Alamo compound to sort rhinestones to apply to the clothing until the age of 10 when the FBI raided the compound. I feel these items being listed for sale given the gravity of the situation violates eBay's tragedy policy, not to mention the child slave labor. I'd like to see these items removed and the cult leader's items not glorified and profited from. If any of you do know the history of Tony Alamo, I encourage you to research it and please report or request items of his for sale be removed. I hope someone from eBay will contact me and help me with this. I'm one person in a giant world trying to thwart evil, yet so far I've not been extended the least bit of compassion on other sites selling his items. I'm cautiously optimistic that someone will help give the victims a voice and have these items banned. So, 99% that's somebody who's just trying to do the right thing. 100%, yeah. But 1% of me is like, Mm, maybe I'm definitely getting this jacket. If I can get it taken down and then I send them a private message. Well, so here's, okay, here's my thinking. Because you guys know, and I've talked about it on the show, I am a cult collector. If I can find weird shit from a cult, I want it. Mm -hmm. I've got a raffle ticket from Synanon. I've got a Yehoah album, like, in it. 
Shoot, we even collected Paul's phone number. <laughs> Accurate. True. Well, and Paul's another one where, you know, yeah, Paul we was, collected him. Yeah. Paul was bitten by a snake. He's got a whole house full of synonym stuff. I don't think that collecting these items for their history is a bad thing because I think you can, it becomes a learning moment for anyone who sees them yeah those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it agreed so i don't agree in a uh, with erasing it however yeah if i saw somebody walking down the street in one of those jackets and i was one of the kids from that compound i would lose my mind yes there is a difference between the memorabilia for lack of a better term, that Paul has in his house. Right. Versus Miley Cyrus wearing this yes. jacket, not knowing anything about it. Or, because that's, here's or the thing. Or knowing. I, yeah, yeah. Knowing yeah. is almost worse. I mean, yeah. if you don't know, like if I didn't know, honestly did not know, yeah. and saw, because I just saw the Barbie jacket in my size also, Sweet. I'd be like, ah, I need this. Right. Yeah, and this is coming from the two people who earlier said like, no, we're for sure getting these jackets. Right. Right. Now I know, and I'm like, well, fuck, I can't get that jacket. Yeah, I'm like only 48% going to get the jacket. Well, here's my thing is I almost want to be like, if you get this jacket and you're willing to accept the story, and whenever somebody compliments you on that jacket, you're like, yeah, thank you. This was made by little children in a cult. Hey then man. I think you can have that jacket. Hey man, nice jacket. Oh, you mean the one made by child slaves? You piece of shit. Exactly. <laughs> what exactly. Are you, what are you, I t- you're wearing the jacket. <laughs> yeah, read up, idiot. So here is another reason why I wanted to bring up this this um, community post is because people replied to it, mm. oh, and those no. people are idiots. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I will definitely say this person's username to shame them. Uh, this person is called Kittercats. Well, there goes my account. <laughs> her, literally, there goes and this her is, account. It's Marie. Yeah. No, and it's literally right after that first con, like minutes later. Oh, and it says, just so you know, Tony Alamo had no connection to the Alamo in San Antonio, Texas. <laughs> The Alamo is a historic shrine under the direction of the Daughters of the Republic of Texas since 1905, and nobody has been sorting rhinestone in the compound since that time. First of all, no no one sorted rhinestones at the Alamo. Yeah, what? Yeah, they also have my bike in the basement. What the hell are you talking about? Tony Alamo's church was founded in California in 1969 and then moved to Arkansas Arkansas in 1976. I am a native of San Antonio and there was no rhinestone sorting going on at the Alamo compound by anybody at that time. Your loved one may have been sorting rhinestones somewhere, but it wasn't in the Alamo compound. I didn't have to do the research on the Alamo. Stop saying sorting rhinestones. Also, this bitch is an idiot. (laughs) Like, first of all, it was very clear that they were not talking about the actual Alamo no. in the original post. And the person from the original post replied with Good. more grace than I have. Good. They said, all due respect, we're talking about two very different things. The cult leader's name is pronounced Tony Alamo, not like the historical site, the Alamo. <laughs> neither, are be- neither are to be confused with each other. And anyone doing so is very misguided. The Alamo was actually founded in 1836. Not very likely that anyone would have been sorting Swarovski crystals because they were not put on clothing during that time. 
They definitely weren't sold to celebrities or showing up on the internet in droves of internet auctions and sales sites. I specifically stated it was Tony Alamo and mentioned nothing about the historical site, <laughs> the Alamo, located in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. To which Kitter Cat responded, listen, bitch. Yeah. No. No one shits on Texas. Kitter Cats responded, okay. no need to get huffy about an obvious misunderstanding. Oh, my fucking God. Um, Seriously? When you said Alamo compound, I thought you were referring to the Alamo compound, which is still here, by the way, and very well preserved from 1836. Bitch, no, no one cares. No one is talking about No that. one is talking about the Alamo. <laughs> I also like how she said it, it was it was eighteen what was it eighteen thirty six yeah what she said and uh, no I find it very unlikely that anyone had that the rhinestones of their clothing I'm just picturing a civil war <laughs> yeah yeah just bling <laughs> with like Las so Vegas big. across the backsplash yeah yeah so mo- Jackson what is with your jacket it's Look, basically man, they're gonna get it in the future <laughs> it's basically a whole thread of people being like I don't think anyone had rhinestones at the Alamo oh, oh my god god horrendous this is the thing you said eBay's got this feature that allows you to be a community and my first thought was that's fucking stupid <laughs> yeah I know so here's the thing again I, I like to kind of bring this up to raise the question cause like trust me I want a weird Hollywood youth shirt I really do <laughs> okay Weird Hollywood youth, I don't think... They didn't kill anybody. Yeah, their stuff is not not necessarily off the table. No, I don't think so. We still need to just find an address to have it sent to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, we'll talk about it after. <laughs> I did find a Tony Alamo-inspired jacket. There are a lot of those, yeah, where it was, you know, tiny baby hands from people that don't live in this country, Marie. Okay, <laughs> do you wear Nike? No. <laughs> Bitch, they don't make Nike in my size. What you talking about? <laughs> oh. No, but Oh, offender. I'm just saying if Marie. someone local what? <laughs> yeah, yes. Armando is wearing Nike shoes. <laughs> I own several pairs of Nikes because I am of Mexican descent. I'm I, wearing a Nike sports bra. Oh. Duh. So That's what's up, Doc. That's what's up. Yeah, sorry, there that is... was not the handshake you were looking for. <laughs> I went for a hand. dap, and <laughs> she went, yes, and then tried to shake my hand. No, it wasn't supposed to be a shake. I am so tired. I ate cream cheese. My stomach hurts. Things are weird. Yo, I was just telling Paige I ate cream cheese earlier, and that's what fucked me up so bad. See, this is how you make marriage work. <laughs> oh, my God. Nike and cream cheese. Um, So there, there are a couple Tony Alamo... Records also available on eBay. God, that Beverly Hills jacket's so cool. I this know. Is, okay, this is there is there is something to be said of um, you know, art versus artist. Yes. Okay. For for example, Charles Manson has albums recorded. Yes. There is music out there. Yes. I have listened to. It's his not music. bad. Yeah. It's there's some songs that I will come right out and say it pretty good catchy yeah, yeah for sure i would listen to it and i do it's in my phone right now right but he's a shit person anyway the point is uh art versus artist but when the art is also made using stuff like that's where that's that's what it comes down to is that of everything yeah, people that, were harmed in the making of this art yeah, yeah. And, the, and, the, and that is too <laughs> exactly <laughs> i mean that is to say like 
the stuff that we use are iPhones, the Nikes that I'm wearing on my feet and that she's wearing on her upper chest area. They are all made using the same method of questionable labor. And yeah. so is so many things that we enjoy. The thing is that this is put in our faces. The people that did this live in our country. Right. And so that seems to be... That's so... The morality of the stuff of wearing it, owning it, buying it, having it, etc. is questionable at best. But... You the jackets are fucking dope, and that's what I'm trying to say. I'm, this whole speech was because no, I No, I get what you're saying. Like, the way they were made was horrific. Yes. That doesn't take away from the fact that they are cool jackets. Yeah, they're dope as fuck. But, like, I, I mean, I, I feel way better about somebody putting them in, like, a museum or something like well, that. Well, yeah, of course. Or, yeah. or buying them to, like, hang in your house. Yeah. Um, or if you're willing to tell everyone who compliments you on your jacket that it was made by yeah. cult slaves. Like we said earlier, that's... Then buy the jacket. Raising awareness. Yeah. Buy I the would, jacket, raise awareness. I would, and I am not even saying this jokingly, if I had that jacket, I would wear it and tell every single person that ever said anything about the jacket this whole story. And give them a link to our podcast and tell them to like and subscribe and to uh, leave a five, five star, star review iTunes. because that would be really nice. If True. we ever do a live show, I might hit up eBay right before it. <laughs> I'm, I mean, if we ever do a live show, I'm probably going to be primed in some weird Hollywood youth flair. Oh, yeah. we're, we're decking out all cult stuff. Yes. I'm wearing my fucking cult leader shirt that I made. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's before, right. Before this podcast no, was you even need, thought of. You need to make one of the shirts that just says like, eat a queer fetus for Jesus or <laughs> or uh, hum, planet, human extinction yourself. before it's too late. Oh, man. Right. Yeah. And yep. we've gotten too off topic. We have. I'm going to cut a lot of this. There are records is what you left off on. Oh, there there are some Tony Alamo records on here if you want to hear more of his deep, sultry tones. But you yeah. Mean covers of other people's songs? Um, no, I think they're his songs plus sermons. Oh, great. Mm. Um, but yeah, all this to say creepy dude real gross terrible cult leader not a bad jacket designer no no, no. yeah no. although i do these look like the jackets of a straight man no. no i know who came first ed hardy or tony alamo um well ed hardy bought all of his well ed hardy was a tattoo artist yeah i know um they were probably around the same time actually when you think about it but Ed Hardy got so big in like 2000. Well, that's early because um, uh, Christian Odege. Yeah, Christian Odege bought the designs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he uh, Ed Hardy, the tattoo artist, was pretty dope. I, yeah. I I always bring this up whenever anyone shits on Ed Hardy because the designs that eventually came out of it were not his vision. Right. Yeah. No, and, that's never what he would have wanted. He was no. a you know just a. Meat and potatoes tattoo guy. Yeah, he'd service like blue collar too. Well, yeah, and he in the navy. Yeah, he and he and Sailor Jerry are contemporaries. Yeah, so yeah. fucking to make it what it became. We're getting into it again, Way off but topic. yeah, I have a lot of opinions about clothes. Sure. Um. Anyway, so uh, don't drink a glass full of rhinestones, I guess. <laughs> or yeah. don't drink Kool Aid out of a rhinestone pimp cup. <laughs> I, okay, hold on. <laughs> now that I know that's an option, I kind of want. <laughs> this is the most appropriate way to consume Kool Aid. <laughs> Don't drink the Kool Aid. Bye. Bye. Bye.